And there we've got 3rd District Congressman Jim Banks. Congressman Banks, good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Pat. Good to be with you. Good to have you here. Uh, Before we get in, I want to talk about this new woke caucus you're putting together. But before we get there, uh, I happen to know that you have been spending a lot of time uh, in and around the state, including today, uh, and that a lot of what you've done uh, is meeting with different leaders as you need to if, in fact, you are going to have a successful run for Senate, and you will. Uh, But I find it really interesting that you are picking up endorsements from the sheriffs and the legal leaders of Noble County, Blackford County, Randolph County, Steuben County, uh, the former LaGrange County Sheriff, the police chief of Decatur, Nancy Moores down in Vandenberg County, she's the prosecutor, and our new sheriff, uh, Troy Hershberger, here in Allen County. Why is it that you feel, I know I know you appreciate very much getting uh, endorsements by uh, law enforcement. Why is it that you feel that still fairly early in a campaign that law enforcement is lining themselves up so rigidly behind Jim Banks? Well, you know, this is really humbling because these are a lot of sheriffs who I work with every day as the congressman for Northeast Indiana. So my office partners with them on issues important to law enforcement. And I have a track record in Washington of being a leader uh, in backing the blue and supporting law and order. So to receive these endorsements really means a lot to me. We're off to a really great start in the campaign for the United States Senate. And uh, you're right, I was in Harrison County down the Ohio River, right across the river from Louisville last night speaking to a Republican dinner. I was in downtown Indianapolis uh, this morning speaking to the Indiana Sheriff's Association. Uh, 47 sheriffs in in the state of Indiana out of 92, Pat, are brand new, just got elected in this last uh, November election. It was great to appear before the sheriffs and talk about what I'm going to do as their next United States senator. I'm going to continue to fight for uh, protections and support for law enforcement, like keeping qualified immunity in place. The first bill I introduced this Congress was to codify and protect qualified immunity to support our law enforcement officers. So that, that's my top priority, my first bill, and the law enforcement uh, community in the state knows that. And I think that's why we're off to such a good start, having the support of so many leaders like who you just mentioned. Well, and let me say this. The, the, the law enforcement, not only here but everywhere, Congressman, that I've seen all across our country over the years, uh, law enforcement, they've got a lot on their plate. And they don't come out and endorse just anybody. It has to be somebody that they feel understands where they stand in whatever is going on and in their daily actions. And for them to give an endorsement tells me that they feel like you, in fact, uh, are not just singing their tune, but you, in fact, are somebody that they think that with your record in Congress, you'll carry that record into the Senate and you will, in fact, stand with them in a way that will end up being meaningful law, for, meaningful for law enforcement. Yeah, I, that's exactly right. Look, uh, one of the sheriffs made this point to me this morning. Their job isn't a partisan job. Their, their, their job is to enforce the law. But i got to tell you, the last five years in Washington, supporting law enforcement has become a partisan issue. You've had Democrats talking about the def- you know advancing the defund the police movement. You had uh, the Democrat Congress, led by Nancy Pelosi, the last two uh, Democrat Congresses, pass a bill to uh, take away qualified immunity protections from our law enforcement, which would be devastating 
uh, to their livelihood and to their ability to do their jobs. So Republicans stand on the side of law and order. I know there have been some Republicans who have wavered on those issues, but by and large, Republicans are the party of law and order, and I've been a leader in making sure that Republicans continue down that path. We also talked this morning about the fentanyl epidemic in this country due to a wide open border and the, yep. and the Biden border policies. Yep. Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death of Americans my age. And these sheriffs, the whole law enforcement community, prosecutors, uh, judges, um, those on the front lines, they're seeing the effect of drugs flowing into this country like never before because of the wide open border. And that's something that when I'm in the United States Senate, I'm going to fight every day to make sure that we secure our borders, uh, that we stop drugs uh, from coming over the border, that we declare war on the Mexican drug cartels who are pushing this stuff over the border, and hold China accountable. Over 99% of fentanyl coming into this country is manufactured in China. Let's hold China accountable for what they're doing to poison so many Americans. So that's going to be one of my very top priorities when I get to the United States Senate and the law enforcement community knows it. Congressman, I made a statement about an hour and a half ago uh, that, yes, the, the the pills, everything that fentanyl is being hidden in is coming across our southern border. But make no mistake, it gets to Mexico from China, and I have a lot of difficulty, obviously, with China, but also with Mexico. It's like they're working together against the United States, and I think we need to take a stand on that. Um, but another thing is, you know, the balloons, shooting down balloons. Should we shoot it down? Should we not? Should they sit there? And sh- what, what if they partner with Russia? And where does China stand? How about this? How about if we make a definite stand, we go back, we build the wall, and you come into this country when we know who you are and what you're bringing in and you're coming in legally. Let's stop this nonsense and let's stop the fentanyl and let's cut off a whole lot of the money that flows through China through this illegal uh, compromise that they've got. Yeah, hold China accountable, sanction China for what they're doing uh, at the ver- on the front ends of allowing this poison to flood into our country and kill so many Americans. It's the leading cause of death of Americans who are of working age. So this is a national security issue. And Joe Biden and his policies at the border are allowing it to happen. I mean, that, that's infuriating to me. It's infuriating to me because I talk to so many parents who have lost a child to a fentanyl poisoning, knowing full and well that so much of it could be stopped coming into our country in the first place if we would go back to border policies that we had under President Trump that we know would work. You know, sometimes when you think um, when you think that you've got some of these people like the president, if they would just for a moment stop worrying about their next election, stop worrying about whether they're a Democrat or a liberal, and start looking around at their house at Christmas, seeing their children and their grandchildren, and realizing what it is that might kill them if they die before the age of 50. And number one on the list is fentanyl, and he can actively do something to curtail it a great deal. you got to, you got to wonder why this president uh, won't do whatever he can to stop it, to address fentanyl. He won't even talk about fentanyl. I I had a group of um, of moms from all over the country come, and I, I put together a, a meeting with members of Congress, and uh, one of the moms brought me a, a large box of obituaries of sons and daughters who have been killed by fentanyl poisonings and wanted me to deliver it to Joe Biden. I reached out to the White House, and it's been, I think, it's been well over 100 days that Joe Biden has ignored my request to come 
and give him copies of those obituaries and talk about this important uh, epidemic and this important problem that we have in this country today is because he's completely ignoring it. He doesn't want to talk about it because he's no, he knows that he's largely responsible for it. Yeah, the thought head in the sand comes to mind. Congressman, I want to get eventually to your first ever anti-woke caucus, but I will tell you, I just had a question come through on our text line for you, and they want you to weigh in on the 122nd about the switchover now of going from the A-10 to the F-16. Do you think this is very, very important uh, to our frontline soldiers? Yeah, this is really important to Fort Wayne, to the 122nd, to the long-term viability of the Air Guard base in Fort Wayne. Uh, We have, it, it brings so much um, to our local community, uh, Pat, but we have so much pride in what these men and women do uh, right out of Fort Wayne to go out and serve and defend and protect America. So this uh, this change from the A-10, which is a older platform, to back to an F-16 platform is going to be around for a lot, lot longer than the A-10 will ensure that the base will be strong in Fort Wayne for a long time to come. So this is a great uh, effort that that I'm proud of. I know Senator Todd Young is in Fort Wayne out of the 122nd today um, highlighting this important change. He and I have worked together on it. A lot of others in the delegation have worked to make sure that this change happens, but it's re- really important to the Guard base. It's been a priority for them for a long time, and I'm, I'm glad to finally see, see it get done. We only have about three and a half minutes left, so let me jump in on this, Congressman Banks, talking to Jim Banks from the 3rd District. And you are now creating the first ever anti-woke caucus so you could take on political correctness and this tyranny that's changing us through indoctrination. And you said that the most toxic part of that tyranny is, in fact, wokeness. Yes, I I believe we have to advance Americanism and patriotism, not wokeness and weakness in this country. And that's why I launched the first ever anti-woke caucus in Congress. I have 20 members who have signed up for it already, including at the highest levels, Elise Stefanik, the number four Republican House leader, has joined. So we're off to a good start. We have our first meeting coming up in about a week. We're going to talk about the cancer that is wokeism and what what wokeism is doing to uh, eat our country inside out. It will kill. It will kill this country if we don't uproot it and stop it. It's it's taken root in all of our institutions and our schools and it's being pushed in the federal government by the Biden administration through diversity and equity and inclusion mandates at the federal government level to push it out um, even further. But also when our top military generals are telling our troops to read books that are anti-American or teaching our troops uh, anti-American ideologies, uh, that tells you that we're headed down a very dangerous path. So I'm going to stand on the front lines and do everything I can to advance patriotism, Americanism, rather than woke, wokeism and uh, and some of these dangerous ideologies that are going to kill our country if we, if we don't do everything we can to stop it. Congressman Banks, when we talk about wokeism, one of the things that I saw in, in an op-ed that you wrote for American Mind, it was entitled Fighting the Woke Agenda in Congress, and in that op-ed, you said something that struck me. Normally we talk about, you know, well, what's, what's attacking our kids at universities, and should we bring in, you know— um, drag queens to teach our little kids in primary schools. This, this wokeism here, this is something that's prevalent and dangerous all the way from primaries, all the way through universities. And it it targets all of them and everybody in between. And we're sitting around like we're wagging our thumbs, like we have no idea what's going on. 
Yeah, this is pure insanity. And a country like ours can't sustain it. We we can't raise up the next generation of young men and young women to raise their right hand and take an oath of office like I did to serve, protect, and defend our country, knowing that we might that they might ultimately pay the the ultimate sacrifice in defense of this country if at the same time we're telling them that America is racist, inherently evil, not worth fighting and dying for. We can't sustain our country that way. So my anti-woke caucus, we're going to explore strategies to identify wokeism in government, develop a strategy across the board so members of Congress can fight back against it. And then also on top of that, Pat, hold uh, those uh, officials accountable who have abused their power to advance left-wing anti-American ideologies through their positions of power. So those, that, that's how we're going to approach it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the good start that we've gotten off to, but we have we have a really important uh, role and a moral duty to do something about it. Sir, thank you for your time today uh, on a different day uh, than we normally and for a briefer time, but I appreciate you chiming in. Thanks so much, Congressman Banks. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too. Uh, Jim Banks uh, from D.C., and we appreciate his being with us. Podcasts by Federated Media.